0: still here. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, you guys are here too. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Thank you, Praise Membership team. Can you turn Logan down in in this monitor, please, a little bit? Well, this morning, it's like finally a nice day. I was excited to get up and it's actually going to be a nice day. I'm not going to freeze my face off when I open the garage door and walk out and I walk out and it was like, this massive amount of snow. It's like, I did not plan that into my day. So now i got to wipe off all of the snow. But I was so thankful to come to church this morning. And, you know, the walks were done before prayer. And you know what? I just wanted to, I was walking in and I just, honestly, I was like, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for Al. And, and Duff. <laughs> I'm so thankful for the care. Um, I thank, thankful, Duff, too, that you did this. But I just wanted to say, Al, I'm so thankful for the care that you've put in to this building for so many years. And, you know, he does it with all of his heart. It's not just his job. It's what he does with his heart. And so thank you. I was just so thankful to walk in to, clean walks and I could hear the snowblower going and I said thank you. So we're going to talk about choices this morning and um, one of the one of the things about choices is that you are today where you are today is a result of the choices that you made in the past. And where you'll be tomorrow is a result of the choices that you make today. That our choices are important. And a lot of us, not a lot of us, I don't want to generalize, but some of us like to blame other people for what's happened to us in our life or where we're at. Well, they said this, this person did this. And, and a lot of it, isn't because of who did what to you, it's because of the choices that you've made. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says, you can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen, but you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. You took, you chose. You chose that way. And then there's some that with their choices, they say, well, you know, I have priorities in my life. I've got my priorities. Um, you know, when I went to Bible college, Dale Hassett taught us priorities. Taught us family life, and the priorities were God, spouse, children. I can't remember. <laughs> Church, work. Um, but and so whatever your priorities are, maybe yours are a little bit different. Uh, but you have these priorities but do your choices reflect your priorities the choices you're making do they reflect those priorities that you have sure you have those priorities but are you making those choices so for instance if your spouse is number two on your priority list are you making choices to make your spouse a priority or are you going out with your friends? Or are you spending time by yourself all the time? Or are you putting your kids in front of your spouse? Are your choices reflecting your priorities? Because what you choose today will be your future, will lead you in the road to where you either want to go or you don't. Or some have standards i have standards but do your choices reflect your standards so your standards you know i don't like drama i have standards i I don't like to get into drama but yet on facebook you're spewing your drama all over the place do your choices reflect your standards i have goals i have goals In my life, I've got this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this with my life, I'm going to do this. But are you making choices towards those goals? Are your choices reflecting your goals? Galatians 6, 7 to 8 says this, Make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked, for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant a corrupt seed of self-life into the natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. So every choice that you make is a seed sown. You are, when you make choices, you are planting seeds that will reap a harvest. So it makes you think about your choices, right? But then there's some of us that aren't making choices at all. We're just kind of coasting through life, just whatever will be, okay, surah, Sarah, whatever happens, happens, and they're not making choices at all, but actually, in doing that, you're making a choice. You will still have an outcome of, of, of that decision to not do anything. For instance, you want to... You want to go to the gym, and you want to have just like to die for. You just want muscles and all that. And so you make a choice to go to the gym, and you go for a year, and at the end of the year, you just have this rockin' body. You made a choice. But say you want a rockin' body, you want to praise the Lord. You will receive it right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> so you want a rockin' body. And that's, that's what you want. But you make no choice to go to the gym. Just, I want a rockin' body. That's what I want. But you've made no choice, no steps towards it. After a year you have the same thing that you had last year. And that is a result of the choice you made to make no choice at all. Elijah, the prophet, when he, uh, when he stood be- before the 450 prophets of Vale and he was the only prophet he said to the people, how long will you waver between two opinions? How long are you going to waver between two opinions? You need to make a decision. They were in the middle of a drought. And he says, listen, guys, you need to choose something. Choose something. You're going to serve God or you're going to serve Baal? Baal? you need to choose? How long are you going to stand in the middle of two opinions? And here's the thing. A lot of us, some of us, we won't make a choice to do anything. Because sometimes it's hard to make choices because you have to be real with yourself. But we won't make a choice to do anything and we end up in a drought in our life. We end up with the same old not producing fruit because we're not making choices to move forward in our life. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, you shall choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. He's saying, choose something. Choose. Choose blessing, choose cursing, choose life, choose death, choose something. Then he points out here, choose life, like gives you the answer. Choose life. But then there's some that have so many different voices, they want to make a choice but they have so many different voices speaking to them at one time. There's the media, and there's the news, and there's it's all over. Speak. You should say this. You should act like this. You should look like this. You should talk like this. You should not think like that. And so they get confused in their choices. Philip and I were talking about this the other day in a little bit of a different form. But, you know, people get confused because there's so much voices speaking to them at one time. How do I act? How do I be? And you ground yourself in the word of God. Nehemiah 6, verse 1. It says, a bunch of enemies and the rest of our enemies found out that we had almost completed the rebuilding of the wall. Though we had not yet hung all the doors of the gates, They sent me a message asking me to meet them in one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Oh no. That's when you know it's bad. But I realized they were plotting to kill me. So I replied by sending back this message to them. I'm doing a great work. Why should I stop to come and visit with you? I'm doing a great work. Why should I stop to come and visit with you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave them the same reply. The fifth time, Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. Geshem tells me that everywhere he goes, he hears that the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are building the wall. He claims you plan to be their king. That is what is being said. He also reports that you have appointed prophets to campaign for you at Jerusalem by saying, Look, Nehemiah is just the man we need. You can be very sure that I'm going to pass these interesting comments to King Exertius. I suggest that you come and talk it over with me, for that is the only way you can save yourself. My reply was, You know you're lying. There isn't one bit of truth to the whole story. You're just trying to scare us from stopping our work. Oh, Lord, please strengthen me. So Nehemiah says, gets this. He's got voices talking at him, voices telling him. And he says, I'm doing a great work. Why should I come down here and listen to what you have to say? He made a choice to stay with what his purpose was, with what he was doing. And he says, I'm doing a great work. Why should I come see you? Why should I come listen to what you have to say to your voices? But here's the thing is, Nehemiah made a choice to do that. Because he made a decision in his heart. Look it. Choice means this. The act of selecting between two or more opinions. That's a choice. The act of selecting between two or more opinions. Decision means this a settlement, a resolution, it is a conclusion and a resolution that is reached. Resolution. We think of resolution is, is not how we even use it today. My New Year's resolution, I'm going to go to the gym. My New Year's resolution, I'm taking a break from Facebook. My New Year's resolution, you know, those kinds of things. And we almost make it like it's like a a kind of promise we make to ourselves. Maybe we'll follow it. Maybe we won't. What's your resolution? I'm going to try to do this. No, no, it's not trying. A resolution means a decision to do or not do something. It is resolute. It is a final thing. It's a decision in your heart that you've made. So Nehemiah, he made a decision In his heart, that he was going to build the wall. He was going to rebuild this wall. This was his purpose. This is what God would have him do. So he made a decision in his heart, and because of that decision, every choice he made came out of that decision. So when the voices began to talk to him and say, come down, let's have a little conversation, he would say, no, I'm doing a good work. Why would I come listen to what you have to say? So when you have a decision in your heart, and the voices begin to speak louder than what God's purpose for your life is, the decision that you've made, that this is the way I'm going to walk in it, when voices begin to talk to you, your choice would be, why would I come down and listen to what you have to say? Because I'm doing a good work. I'm doing the purpose. When people begin to speak against the call of God on your life, when people begin to speak against the word of God, what God has said about you, when the media talks separate about what you know about yourself, what would you say? I'm doing a good work. I know what God has said about me. I know who I am. Why would I listen? Colossians one twenty one says... And, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet, know, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Verse 23. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and not be moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which we have preached to every creature which is under heaven. Some of us need some truth in our life. But it says, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled. And not moving away from the hope. Grounded and settled. A decision has been made in your heart that this is the way that I'm going to go. Grounded and settled. Daniel made a resolve in his life. In Daniel 1, it says, in verse 8, it says, But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine and he, that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief. It says that Daniel made a resolve in his heart that he would not defile himself. He made a decision in his heart that he had been picked by the king. And there was a set of rules that they were going to have, but he made a resolve. He made a decision that I am not going to defile myself. And from that resolve, his choices were made. All throughout Daniel, he was making choices from a resolve that he made in his life. And what does it say? God found favor with him. God found favor. God gave him favor. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor on our behalf. That when you make some decisions in your life, grace kicks in. When you decide that this is how it's going to be, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Grace kicks in. Favor of God kicks in on your life. Jehoshaphat, same thing you read in the Bible, it says, Jehoshaphat made a resolve to seek the Lord. He made a decision in his heart that as leader, I am going to seek the Lord. This is every choice that I make will be made out of the decision that I am making now to seek the Lord. That when times get tough, when things get hard, when I don't know what to do, what I'm going to do, my decision is going to be to seek the Lord. And I will make every choice from that place. Faith means you step out based on what's in your heart, not based on your circumstances. What's based in your heart, not on your circumstances. So when you make a decision that you're going to live by faith, every decision, every choice you make comes out of what's in your heart. Because when the times get tough, when the circumstances come, you know, a lot of times people make terrible decisions terrible choices when circumstances come. They get into fear and they start doing all kinds of crazy things because it's fear-based choices. They get into debt. They, they, you know, they do wild things because they're being driven by fear. But when you make a decision in your heart... When faith is the decision that you make in your heart or whatever it is that you make in your heart, when circumstances come, your default goes back to what is the decision, what's the resolution, what's the concrete thing that you have in your heart and your choices can be made out of that place instead of a place of fear. In Matthew 7, 13 to 14, it says, come to God through the narrow gate because the wide gate and the broad path is the way that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses the crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So few even find it. Another version says it like this. There are two paths before you. You may take only one path. It's another choice. You got two paths, but you got to choose one. You don't, you don't get to stand in between two. It doesn't work that way. One doorway is narrow, and one door is wide. Go through the narrow door. I love throughout all the Bible, God's always giving us choices or telling us two things, and then he tells us the answer. Go through the narrow door, guys. For the wide door leads to a wide path, and the wide path is broad. The wide, broad path is easy, and the wide, broad, easy path has many, many people on it but the wide, broad, easy, crowded path leads to death. Now then, that narrow door leads to a narrow road that in turn leads to life. It is hard to find that road. Not many people manage it. The word narrow means obstacles. That there will be on your path obstacles, things that are hard, things that... That, that you're going to have to go through. But when you have a resolution in your heart that this is the way that I'm going to walk. This is the life that I'm going to lead. And then, you know, a lot of times it's hard for us to not just follow along with what everyone else is doing. Follow along with the crowded road. Follow along, you know, like, being herded, we're just all gonna go this way because it's the easy way but he says no the path that leads to life it's it's not easy there's gonna be obstacles that's why we need to make decisions in our hearts so that when the obstacles come our default is I made a resolution I made something that was resolute I made a decision in my heart and so I choose because of that decision I choose To keep walking this road, even if the obstacles are there. Because if the obstacles, even if the obstacles are there, what's there? Grace, strength, ability, power on your behalf. Jesus, Jesus, He made a decision. What did He say? I'm about my Father's business, I'm here to do the will of my Father. That was his, that was his resolution. I am here to do the will of my father. So when Satan came to tempt him, he was there to do the will of the father. I I could, I could get the angels to raise me. I could, I could get whatever I wanted. I could, but I have a resolution. I have a decision. (coughs) I have a purpose. And every choice he made was out of that Peter. Peter was like, I don't think this is a good idea you you be giving your life and stuff like that. And he's like, get behind me, Satan. He made a choice. I'm here to do the will of the Father. Then at the garden of Gethsemane, what does he say? He's, man, he's facing an obstacle. Man, this part, this is a narrow road. This part's hard. He's sitting there in the garden knowing exactly where this is going to take him so father if there's any way around this if you could take this cup of suffering if there's just if there's any way then he said but nevertheless not my will but your will be done i've come to do the will of my father he made a decision in his heart and because of that decision, he made a choice to go to the cross because he had a resolution in his heart That even though the road is narrow, even though things are going to get hard, I made a decision that it's not about me, it's about my Father, it's what I've come to do. So every choice, every person he stopped to pray for, everything he did, every word he said was because of a resolution in his heart about doing his father. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, Everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything and brought under its power, allowing it to control me. Everything is permissible for me, but not all things are profitable. Not all things are profitable. That there are some things that we do that are permissible they're lawful but are they profitable for you are they profitable for you to do it may be profitable for me to do but is it profitable for you to do that there are some things even now in the world today that are lawful but are they profitable for you? Should you be doing them? You know, sometimes we know in our heart, but everyone else is doing. We know in our heart it's not right. It's not right. You have a thought, is it right? Isn't it right? If you have that thought, it's probably a thought that isn't right for you. That little twinge in your in your in your heart that's like, eh, but everyone else is doing it, but the media says this, but other people say this, but this is where you get to the part is, is this profitable for me? Um... 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 says, But be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test. And afterward, hold tightly to what has proven to be right. When making decisions or choices in your life, hold tightly. It says, hold tightly to examine them by putting them to the test. And then after that, you hold on to what's right. Examine the things in your life. Examine the things in your life. Be real with yourself. Some of us just, we're not real with ourselves. We don't want to open up those places. We don't even want to go there. We don't want to be real that, yeah, you know what? I have an addictive personality. Yeah, you know what? I have issues with this. We don't want to go there. We may think of it for a second, but shut it down. But some of us need to be real with ourselves and be like, this is actually what's going on in my life. Put it to the test, and then you hold on to what's right. There's another version that says it like this. Regard everything seriously and choose what's best. And choose what's best. Looking at the things in our life as serious. Choosing things. Being I can't think of the word. Yep, it escapes me. Oh, that's going to drive me crazy. Purposeful. Choosing things. Being purposeful. That's still not the word, but that's the best I got right now. Intentional. intentional. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Being intentional. Not just floating through life not just ignoring the things, being intentional, putting things to the test, and then choosing what's best for my life. So all things are lawful, all things are right, but is this the best for me? Is this going to get me where I'm supposed to be going? Is this the best choice? Colossians 317 says, whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, no matter what it is, in everything you do, in the words that you speak or the things that you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and independence on him. And independence on him. Father, I need you. <laughs> Father, you know my heart. I don't even know my heart. So I need you to show me exactly what are some of the decisions that I need to make. Or what decisions have I made in my life that are causing me to make these wrong choices? Everything in word or deed, in independence, do everything in dependence on Lord Jesus. Jesus. Proverbs nineteen twenty one says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that's what will stand. We need the Lord's counsel. Isaiah 30, 15 to 17. I'm going to read it in the message. I'm just, I'm going to close here. God the Master, the Holy of Israel has this solemn counsel. Your salvation requires you turn back to me and stop your silly efforts to save yourself. Your strength will come from settling down in complete dependence on me. Settling down, grounding yourself, stopping this crazy all over the place, settle down, ground yourself in me. It says, independence on me. The very thing you've been unwilling to do. You said, nothing doing. We'll rush off on horseback. You'll rush off, all right. Just not far enough. You said, we'll ride off on fast horses. Do you think your pursuers ride old nags? Think again. A thousand of you will scatter before your one attacker. Before a mere five, you'll all run off. There'll be nothing left of you, a flagpole on a hill with no flag, a signpost on a roadside with the sign torn off. But God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes the time to do everything right, everything. Those who wait around for him, they're the lucky ones. Oh yes, people of Zion, citizens of Jerusalem, your time Of tears is over cry for help and you'll find its grace and more grace the moment he hears he'll answer just as the master kept you alive during the hard times he'll keep your teacher alive and present among you your teacher will be right there local and on the job urging you on whenever you wander left or right this is the right road walk down this road I love that. This is, this is the right road. Walk this way. This is the Holy Spirit. This is what he do- I, I don't know which way to go. I don't know what decision to make. I don't know what choice to make. No, no. The Holy Spirit is present saying, this way, left or right, this way, walk this way. This is the right road. You got this. Keep going. That the Holy Spirit can lead and guide you. The Father leads and guides you. This is the right way. Walk this way. 2 Timothy three sixteen to 17 says this. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. So scripture, the word of God has been breathed on by the Father. His very breath of life is on the Word of God. It will empower you by its instruction and its correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. It will empower you in instruction and correction it gives you the strength to take the right direction and it leads you into the path of godliness the word of god breathed on by the father that if you will begin to read the word of god that is breathed on by the father it will correct you it will give you instruction and it will give you the strength to take you in the right direction It will show you the right direction. And it will lead you into the path of godliness. The word of God. Then it says, Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. So I was just, God was just talking about some of the choices that we make. And that some of those choices can affect our lives forever. And not to be heavy, but it's true. There are sometimes people make choices that they, they made it out of fear. They made it out of insecurities. They make it out of whatever kind of stronghold, whatever kind of decisions that they've made in their lives over time. You know, you can You can make a decision in your heart that says, people will hurt me. People will hurt me. And so you have this decision that you've made, people hurt me, people hurt. And so every choice you make comes out of that decision. So maybe you're hurting people because people hurt you. I can't be around people because you have a decision in your heart that says people hurt me. You put up walls, you only let them get so close because you have a decision in your heart that says people hurt me. We make choices out of these decisions and the father was just talking to me saying that there's some decisions in people's hearts, some some resolutions that they've made that I want to tear down because they're not truth and they're not who I created them to be. They may have been instances that happened to you, but they're not truth. They're decisions that you've made that have become lies, that are lies that you've built at, and you're making choices from those decisions that are affecting your life, that are affecting the way that you walk. And then there's some that he wants you to make some decisions. That you've been waffling between two, wavering between two opinions for a long time and it's getting you nowhere. It's not producing fruit in your life. That he has spoken to you, he's talked to you little by little, he's tried to bring it up like, hey, this, and you just kind of push it aside, I'll deal with this another time. And he's saying, Listen, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? How long are you going to stand at this middle fork in the road and not get anywhere in your life? Not produce any fruit? And he wants you to make some decisions. I don't know what those are, but you know if that's you. But ground yourself in the Word of God. When you don't know, I don't know how to make that decision. Does the Bible say the Word of God? It will strengthen you. It will lead you in the path that you need to go. It is breathed on by the Spirit of God. So Father, I thank you that you're revealing right now our hearts and that we hear your voice loud and clear that there is some decisions that we need to make. And Father, you're showing us some of the decisions in our heart that we have made that were not of you, that were not truth. They become strongholds in our life and places that we've been living out of, making choices out of. Father, reveal those places. Reveal those places to us. I hear one loud and clear is screaming at me. And I don't know whoever it is. I don't know if you realized that this was there. But something very significant happened to you. that was violating in nature. And the way you processed it was that God did not love you. Because if he did, he wouldn't have let it happen. And God says, that's a lie. That is not truth. And so you've lived your life out of this decision that you've made in your heart, that God does not love me. So I will try my best to get as close to him as possible. But in my heart of hearts, I know that he sees me as ugly, he doesn't love me. He says, that's not true, that's not true. He says, if you'll let me into that place, I'd like to, I'd like to tear that lie down. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you. Your healings flowing through this place. And lastly, there's, like when we talked about Nehemiah, that there are some that have measured their worth and their life and who they are from what society says it should be. whatever capacity. You've you've measured your worth by what society says and not what God says, not how he sees you. And you're trying to live up to a false standard and you'll never live up to it because it's false, because it's not real. You are who he says you are. And so you've been making choices out of this decision that says, I need to live up to that. And the father wants to show you how he sees you. What he says about you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you for your words. I thank you for your life for your re- for your revelation. Father, seal this word to our hearts that as we go out today, that the word would continually work in us, that you would reveal things to us, decisions that we've made from even when we were young, decisions that we've made concrete in our life that we've lived out of, that you would begin to reveal these things to us and that they would be rooted out, plucked out of our lives and that we would base our decisions on the very word of God, on the very breath of life that's been breathed. Father, make us, mold us, change us. Father, we just open our lives up to you. Be the gardener in our hearts. Go anywhere you want in our lives. Do anything that you want in our lives because now is not the time anymore to play around, to do what we want to do. Father, that we would be like Jesus. I'm here to do the will of my Father. I'm here to do his will, not mine. But yours, Father, nevertheless. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's so good. Amen.